Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Revolutionary Sisters of the Diaspora. I'm Trina, and very happy to have you here with us and our wonderful set of panelists. We got all the regular crew here tonight. And mm-hmm. we are going to be talking about freedom and independence. The title of the show is Give Us Free, Creating Our Path to Independence. And we named it that, those of you who may remember the movie Amistad, that, that was actually a quote in the movie. Um, I will not try to replicate it. But uh, so we thought <laughs> because July the is the Independence Day happens in July, that it would be important for us to kind of take a departure on that and really talk about it from a personal perspective. If you happen to be listening and you would like to call in and join the conversation, we love having callers, so feel free to call in at 347-857-2878. And the Revolutionary Sisters of the Diaspora are black and brown women coming together to discuss topical issues of race, social and economic justice, gender equality, and everything in between. So again, this time we were really talking about taking back our own personal power and our freedom. So we're just going to do a really quick round robin to kind of get our juices flowing here and start talking about this topic. And we are going to start with, Ange, what does it take to be free. Well, good evening, everyone, and uh, thank you for listening in online or via phone. Uh, I think for me, the idea of of being free is having the wherewithal within yourself to just say to yourself, you know what, I am a strong, powerful person, and I really am just trying to live in this world and be the best person that I can be for myself, Mm. for my family, uh, and my Mm. friends, and being able to articulate in a way that doesn't take anything away from me personally. So um, I will talk about this a little bit more later, but just being able to say to someone that, you know what, this isn't working for me, and so I need to, I need to, create another path and Mm. so I think part of part of that is is what it means to me to be free and um, I will discuss some other things later in terms of of that freedom but uh, that's for me that I think that that that's the key the key thing so I'm gonna pass it on back to Trina and let her tell her all right well that's that's really powerful because freedom is really all about choice 
And as a coach, that's one of the things that is really important. I talk about it all the time. Sometimes we we take things as a given or a set in stone, which are really choices. Every day we are making choices, whether it's overtly or passively. And if there's something that is not right in our lives, we get to choose, and we all have stories that we want to get to after we get through this little first uh, warm-up round here. And so next we're going to pass the mic to Q. Q, tell us what freedom means to you. I guess for me, in so many ways, freedom is about recognizing and owning your own choices. I mean, mm. and all there, there's so many things that occur in our life on both, like a very personal level and a broader level, that we have no control over. And part of free to me is recognizing the difference between what you have control over. And what you don't have control over. Um, you know, it's about recognizing, for example, that you can't control other people. But what you mm-hmm. can do is control your response to other people. Like, I know for myself, and this is something that I've worked on, is that um, um, Sabrina, who, will mention, who might mention it a little later, she, we were discussing uh, the concept of triggers and how you react to triggers. And I was pondering that in vis-a-vis freedom last night because I know one of my triggers is when I feel as if folks are attempting to exert control over my life, right? Mm -hmm. Because like I said, there is so little that we actually do have control over. So our control lies in our reaction to the various things we come across. So for me... A good portion of freedom is both recognizing that I have very little control over people's actions, but I have all the control over how I react. And having having the discernment to know the difference between letting folks know that, you know, the reaction that they're drawing from me might not necessarily be positive and recognizing, you know what, I don't really have any control over this dynamic, so it doesn't really matter. It's not worth my energy and effort. Can you dig it? Yeah, oh, definitely. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Sabrina, do you want to go ahead and jump in? That would, You said a mouthful sure. of you, and we can we go on. <laughs> Freedom, freedom for me, and I think we're we're going to talk about it a little bit more. Is um, reinventing, and the Mm. fact that you're free to be whatever it is you want to be. Um, You you can't. uh, Some people think that, well, you know, I'm just not that type of a person, or I can't do this particular Mm. thing. And I think the key to being free is to know that. You can make the decision, and you can just decide that I'm going to reinvent myself and do this thing. You know, you may not have the God-given skills to do it, but you can teach yourself how to do just about anything you really want yeah. to do. Absolutely, that's powerful. And you know how much of a fan I am on reinvention. <laughs> it's just reinvention. It's that is, it is. It's very powerful. And we've got several reinvention stories among us, and we're gonna we're gonna get into. Um, and so the other thing 
that I would say from my own personal perspective is really knowing when to let go. Sometimes you, and I'm a Taurus, so we all know what that means. I can Mm -hmm. be, we'll just say determined today. We'll just say determined. (laughs) But, But I can dig my heels in. I can put my head down and go at it. And sometimes it's not worth it. Sometimes you really just have to relinquish trying to force something into submission. I think this is part of what you were talking about, Q, and know when it's time to just let go. You know, this other person, you can't control what they're doing. You can't control the way they're, they're treating you, but you can't control whether you have them in your life or not. You can limit the amount of time. There are some people who are who are very close that we can't just, you know, act like they don't exist. But you certainly can, you know, uh, create boundaries to save yourself and to save your sanity. And and that is a, a, a way to be free also is to reclaim your peace and your joy. And there are so many people out there who can rob us of our joy and our serenity, and we let them. But we don't have to. Right. You can let it go. And it'll really get you stuck if you don't Mm -hmm. and prevent you from doing Mm -hmm. a lot of things. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. This is Andrew. I agree with that. Absolutely. Okay. So we, we all have some actually pretty recent personal stories about (laughs) this topic. And again, if you are listening, we definitely invite you to come in, to call in and share your story at 347-857-2878. And so we're going to start with Ange. You recently made a, a pretty significant career change. Can you tell us about it? I did. Sure, <laughs> I did. So... After about, it's been nine and a half years with an organization, I decided that it was time to move on. I wasn't necessarily trying to leave the organization. It was just because of some life changes. Uh, Those who listen in fairly regularly will know uh, life changes, moving to Delaware a little bit over a year ago. Uh, my job, while they kept me, they they changed my schedule. And while that was appreciated at the time, as the months drew on, I realized that my time was still, I was still putting in the same amount of time that I was when I was physically in, in the office. So I was able to work from home, but I was still putting in the same amount of time that I was as a full-time person. And I enjoyed what I do um, or enjoyed what I did and am kind of still doing, so that's another story. But (laughs) I decided that I needed to really assert my independence and make a decision and do something um, about the situation. And so I looked for another job and found one. And this is its a totally new experience. Uh, learning about uh, starting a 
nonprofit organization. For those of you who work mm-hmm. for or have started nonprofit organizations, you'll know that it's, mm-hmm. it is time-consuming, it is stressful, it is um, very detailed because you're going out and you're looking for money from people who want who are who want you to be accountable to what they're giving you. And so there's a lot of I's that have to be dotted and T's that have to be crossed. But it's it's a new experience and it's a scary experience, but it is it's exciting and exhilarating at the same time because I'm learning something that I never knew before and I'm using different brain cells in which to do that. Um, I'm forcing myself to know a little bit more about math and accounting, which I did not enjoy. Uh, unlike one of our other one of our other hosts. Uh, and I'm just learning through her first budget. I remember that. Yes. Yes. I, I, I you know explaining I'm, the budget process to you. Right, right. And and you know, the debits I'm and so the credits and, and now here I am trying to really, really get in deep into it. So um yep. that was asserting my independence, trying to to move from one place where I was comfortable to something that was totally different. And um, I hadn't done it in nine and a half years, actually, because when I, when I came to my uh, job, I, I was leaving another job that I had been at it seven years. So, you know, you leave a comfort zone and then you go into something new, but you know, okay, you're doing this because you, you want to be independent in, in thought and in action and in what is going to make you, uh, succeed and make you happier. So, yes. that's, that's my story yes. in terms of uh, so, in terms of oof. a work situation. Yeah, so how did it feel out. when it is stepping out totally? Totally. How did it feel when you um, really let go of the new, the old position and, and shared with them, and then you know realizing that you're walking into uncharted territory. I, you know, I'm still, I'm still um, processing, and and I say that because of the fact that, because it was such a shock to the system <laughs> for my old job, mm. I'm still consulting with them, so I don't feel as if, mm-hmm. um, I feel as if I'm still tethered to them in a in a certain way, but I am slowly like weaning myself away. There's a huge project that I'm working on that um, will be done in August. And then slowly, you know, I'll be weaning myself away from from the organization and, and the responsibilities that I previously had. So I still feel as if I'm not quite there. Um, <laughs> but it, it does it's it's freeing in a way because I'm I'm accountable to to them because now I'm a consultant, but I'm not accountable to them in terms of I'm working, you know, a hundred hours and not right. being compensated for it, so um, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a little bit different, and and I and I'm not necessarily always like readily available, right? It's so a it's a good way to go out. Taking now, myself, it's, it's saying, you know, well, uh, they may want, you know, we have a call normally, you know, every week at a certain time, and then you want to change the time. Well, I can't do that because I have another responsibility now. So. Um, and and be, being independent and free and being able to say, I can't do that. You know, I I could before mm-hmm. when I was just, you know, this part-time employee, but now Not even I'm, that you could you know, before, I, you I, would I, before. <laughs> yes, yes. And I probably would again, too. It, it's just a matter of, okay, well, wait a minute now. This is this is a little <laughs> different. 
yeah, it's a different thing, game. Yep. So, so, yeah. So yeah, the power dynamic is shifting. Yes, yes. And and it feels it feels good. And and still getting the work done because uh, I'm a professional person, so I'm still going to get it done. But just different, different, different. Well, congratulations. So, um, Trina, We're so you, proud of you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Trina, you've had um, major life changes. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your your freeing experiences? Yeah, well, and mine was a while ago, actually. Well, I, I don't know. I have yeah. many versions of them over over the years. But the big shift was nine years ago. My, actually, July is the anniversary of my me starting my coaching business. Yeah. And um <laughs> it's been nine years. Wow. It's been nine years. Can you believe that? So wow. I started um January of two thousand nine. I went to a weekend workshop with an organization called Momentum. I like to give them credit because it was that being in that space of being completely immersed and looking at myself and at that time, I, would, I went there. It was the beginning of the year. It was January, and my friend had kind of been bugging me about, you know, you should really try it. It's really great. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I read Tony Robbins and Stephen Covey, you know, whatever. You know, but I got there that weekend, and it really caused me to confront some things that I had not even considered about myself. And one of them mm. is the fact that I had actually thought about becoming a coach several years prior, but I shut myself down. I didn't even yeah. allow myself to to think about it. And um, I like to tell the story because it is it is what we do. We don't exercise our choice. We don't exercise our our personal power. And so I I really had just you know. I'm a nonprofit fundraiser, been doing that for over 20 years. That's my day job. And for a while, um, if someone's, like, fixing something, can you mute your phone? We can hear a little clicking or something in the background. Um, so I had actually thought, oh, you know, you should be a coach. You're very positive, and people will come to you for advice. And I, and I was like, well, no, you can't do that. You, you've never been a coach before. You don't have credentials. You don't have that expertise. You're a fundraiser, so just go get a job as a fundraiser because that's who you are. And I was going on 40 at the time. And I, I shut it down, and I didn't think about it until that weekend. And it was uh, over the course of the weekend, the different things that we did that really opened me up to say, oh, what? I said no to myself just like that. Well, no, this is really what I, this is who I really think I am. And so by that Sunday morning, I got up in front of a room of 100 people, over 100 people, and I just declared that I was going to become a life coach. Didn't know how. Didn't know, you know, didn't have a course under my belt, didn't have anything. But I just decided and I chose for myself. I chose myself that day. And and my life has been completely different ever since. It, I took back my personal power. And, yes, over nine years, you know, I've had some lean years. I've bumped my head. I've tried some things that haven't worked. But... Building this business and and continuing to grow myself as a coach and continuing to reach other people 
and pour into other people and see the impact that I can make has been so rewarding, and I'm just grateful for that moment. Mm-hmm. I think we're all grateful for um, you becoming a life a life coach. Oh, I know I am. From your counsel. <laughs> Speaking as a satisfied when, when, client. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All around from each other Because uh, I yes, know that, that Q has assisted, assisted me tremendously And, you know, just trying to pull my my resume together And, you know, Trina, in terms of just, you know Coming up with ideas and concepts and things that we could do, should do Just, it's broadened um, my thinking about the world and and how I relate to it, and how I relate to other people, and and how I and how I've grown myself. So I I, I appreciate that, and thank you for for being that coach for all of us, Aww. Coach Trina. So, Aww. in terms of Trina, in terms of your trajectory, you say this has been nine years, but you're still doing you're still doing the other work that you're good at fundraising how are you Mm -hmm. finding um the balance between doing the life coach and some of the other projects that you've done um you know two books and um raising a family and you know having trying to have a life outside of this how are you balancing that so that you you do remain independent of thought process and and yourself so what is this concept that you're talking about? Balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. Uh, well, it's a it's a it's a constant beacon, honestly. And I do realize that, it, particularly these last couple of years, I have stretched in ways that I didn't imagine myself doing. And I also, it's like once you stretch, you don't go back to the same place that you were in. At the same time, my son is about to go to his third year of college. And when I started and and when I finally did get my uh, coaching certification, I actually said to myself, in two years I'll be independent and I'll be working on my own. Well, I'm a divorced woman, divorced for 10 years. My, My daughter has gone through college. My son is not going through college. And money and paychecks and benefits and all those things are like real, right? <laughs> um, so what I do is I really I try to take stock. I try to watch and realize when it's become too much. And like for example, this summer I've just declared I've I've stepped back quite a bit on my business in order to reclaim some fun time and just to do some some fun things. I I don't work on my computer at night um, for either for the day job or for the business. I'm just kind of like allowing myself to have a breather and to kind of reset myself so that I'm not always constantly on the churn. And then I also have some wonderful friends, all my sisters who are on this show right now. We get together, we have fun, we have snacks, too. (laughs) (laughs) It's so important. you got to make that choice, too, to be, you know, free to relax. Absolutely. Yep. And and not feel That's guilty it. about relaxing. Chillax. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that, exactly. that's a big piece. Not feeling not feeling guilty about okay, I am exhausted, I just need to sit down or lay down or 
fall down. Have some ice cream or just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or go to the movies or binge watch yeah. Um, yeah. Luke Cage or right. You yeah. got to choose that. Yeah. You got to make that. You got to make that choice to you know take care yep. of yourself and relax. Absolutely. So cute. So I want to turn um, this over to Q. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, so she would have to hear her story. We have to hear her story, too. She has a story. Uh, So for me, in terms of, yeah, I'm sorry, I thought you were going to say something. Go for it. Mm -hmm. For me, in terms of freedom, I think about Auntie Maxine Waters. I just have to reclaim my time. Um, Mm -hmm. And so just thinking about it, since there seems to be a linkage between life and career and choices about different ways in which we choose to use our talents, there was a point when I was working as legislative counsel for a councilman, and I was working easily 14 to 16 hours a day, including the weekends. I was literally getting to work before 7 o'clock in the morning, 7, 7.15 at the latest. And I was not leaving work before 9, 10 o'clock. I mean, there were times when I was in the office at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. As a matter of fact, one of the scariest times, and it felt like I was leaving early because I was leaving by 9 o'clock, all of us, it was myself and the director of the office, and all of a sudden I heard him say, stupid, 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 and he started to slap himself. At that oh. point, mm-hmm. I okay. e- Yeah, yeah, no, I've been through some stuff, right? So at that point, I emailed both my mother and my then-boyfriend so that I had contemporaneous notification of exactly what happened, and I said <laughs> goodnight as I backed out of the room. And no, I did not no, have an right. intervention. No, I did not attempt to de-escalate. Um, yes, I used some of my own implicit biases, given the gender and race dynamics, and I decided I didn't need to stick around for that. I'm good. I'm going home to watch Gossip Girl. But <laughs> even beyond that, and, and this is where we can almost transition into Trina, I woke up one morning and I decided I'm not going back. I'm good. Mm. You know what? I don't have another job, but I am an attorney. I'm pretty bright and quite talented. And most of all, I'm Caribbean. I will always find another job. (laughs) We we can't help it. One, two, three, four jobs. Exactly, which um, in terms of reclaiming my time, that is another way I'm getting back to being free. Um, so I walked away. Like, I literally walked in that Monday morning and turned in my two-week notice and said, you know, I'm, I'm resigning that this is not what was promised to me, and essentially you're not going to make me the attorney for both your personal office and your legis- and your committee office. That's insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. I know I'm really fly and I can do it, but once again, you know, 14, 16, I- literally walking out of the council office building at 10 o'clock at night, and I have the council member calling me on my cell phone asking me to check on one more thing. Like, mm. that's so 
to get my free, I was like, you know what? I am going to do something which I don't think you all could fully process. I'm a black woman who's going from a well-paying job and say, you know what? I may not be employed after this, but it's still better than being here. So I got to go. Yep. Amen. So I did. And I took my freedom back. I was working within a week doing legal temp work during the interim. And within two months of my leaving his job, I had a new job, and I had three other interviews lined up, but I went with the one because I wanted to save the kids. But I say that, you know, but I say that to say that there is something very gangster, something quite freeing, um, given all of the dynamics around black womanhood and the fact that Mm. we're not so... We're not supposed to assert our agency in any capacity, and we should be grateful for the crumbs that we're given. To walk into a place and say, you know what? I don't have a job, but that's okay. I'd rather be unemployed than work here. I have enough confidence in myself that I know I'll be all right. And I did. Amen. And so, right, and in so many ways, that is what Sabrina is the epitome of. I mean, You have done that throughout the narrative arc of your life in so many different ways, whether it's through relationships, whether it's through different iterations of your employment history and your career, whether it is starting and stopping businesses with the entrepreneurial spirit that embodies you. You are Give Us Free, so give us a little taste of your journey. (laughs) Perfect. That was perfect. Oh, my God, really. Uh, Again, everyone, hi, this is Sabrina, and um, the name of the show is Give Us Free, but Carrie said it a minute ago, how I get my free, and I think that's what we're all saying here. It's a choice. You know, no one's going to give you free. You're going to have to get it. You're going to have to grab it. You're going to have to decide it and and then take it, and people are going to try to tell you not to go. And uh, you have to be tough enough to say that that you're not going to stay. You, you know, you know intuitively, you know in your gut when it's time to go. And one of the things that um, you know, Carrie was talking about me. I'm, I feel like sometimes I'm like the Doctor Who of reinventing. I just go in the phone booth and I come out. You know, I'm another Doctor Who. <laughs> if you got any Who people out there, you know what I'm talking about. There's been like eleven Doctor Who, you know. <laughs> And I have all these different things that I've done. People have said to me, is there anything that you have not been? And, uh, well, no. But, you know, when you when the chance arises, I usually kind of jump for it. You know, I've worked. I've been a ski instructor, I've been a travel agent, I've been a bartender, I've been <laughs> I've been a uh, I've been a Denver housewife, I've been I've been everything. I've mm. been but, you know, I've been a CPA most of my life. I just retired and that's my big transition. I decided that I was going to get my free by retiring early. I thought that um, you know, Yay. I was on a partner track. Thank oh. you. Thank you. I was on a partner slash principal track at a, a regional CPA firm here in the area and, you know, got it. You know, I, I, I got the, you know, the brass ring. I've got the P word. I got the, I got it, but then decided that I didn't want it and um, made that choice to say, you know, I think I'm going to retire early while I have my faculties and I'm going to, I'm going to shoot my shot. I'm going to take my shot, you know, give me the ball, you know. I'm an athlete. I'm like, no, 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 give me the ball. So um, 
I decided that I was going to go out and do something that I have loved all my life. Uh, thank Trina for helping me sift through a lot of things because I've had a couple of other businesses, as Q said. Um, I did have a I had a travel agency. I've been a I've been a direct sales person. I I was a you know standalone CPA tax person. You know it's all these different iterations of things I thought were going to get me free, but um, we circled it back and and came down and distilled it down to what my true passion is. And I love I love films. I'm a film blogger. I love movies. I love film festivals. I love films. I'm named after a movie. My mother gave me this love of movies, and um, I created a a business around that passion. And so I'm out here to tell my story now and do the thing I want to do. I like to help people, but the people I like to help are people that are what we call the talent, the the, the writers, the directors, the actors, um, and I want to promote those people especially people of color, um, women and people of color these that, that are underserved. They don't get the marketing. They don't get the uh, the promotion. They, they don't get the exposure that uh, the big ticket film, the tent, the big tent pole films get. And, you know, there are about 900 movies made a year in the United States alone. We're not even going to go into world cinema. But you see maybe 40 that come through, you know, to you. I mean, so there's streaming, there's all this stuff, and it's really hard to figure it out and find these films. And so I'm going to help you find them. But that's a far cry from everything else that I've been. So I have re, I am reinventing myself to become a film promoter or a film producer or a film blogger. So it's something that I don't know how to do at the moment. But as I said before, if I could figure out tax codes, <laughs> I figure I could figure this out too. Um, Hello. So that's one of the things you just have to do. I mean, give us free, go get my free entails reinventing. It entails planning. Like like Q said, it, it, it really involves responding versus reacting. And that's a big one. I mean, you know, I could re, I have reacted when people have said, what do you think you're doing? You're never going to get this done. You're not going to be able to do that. Why would you even think of that? And, you know, you react and that uh, that that trigger goes off and you just, you know, pull your head back in the shell like a turtle and just say, oh, yeah, you know, you're right. I don't know what I was thinking. Or you could quietly think about what they just said and respond and say, well, yeah, that's true. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I believe I can figure this out. <laughs> so, you know, just stand back and watch. And... um it's really it's scary, uh, as as Angeline was saying. You know, she's stepping out and doing something that is just freeform. I mean, I take my hat off to you, sister woman. It's just there is no there, what she's doing is just on paper, and she's got to create. She's gonna manifest, and that's another thing about you know getting free. You have to then create what you want. You're free to create. You're free to manifest, and it's. It's a beautiful thing. It's very exciting. It's scary. But one thing I did learn, and, and Trina was talking about going away for a weekend. I just came back from a really empowering weekend. And one of the things that I came away with is that, you know, there's a real difference between courage and bravery, but you need both of these things to get your free. You know, it's courageous. Ooh. You know, you know you're afraid, and you make the choice anyway, you know, to for me to retire early and and say I'm gonna do something that I really don't know how to do. I'm still laughing when I say that because I'm like, oh my God, you know, you you step out on courage with courage and say, yes, I'm gonna do this. You know, you're afraid, but you 
you're going to do it. That's courage. But then you got to be brave about it. You got to you got to go big or go home. You know, you got to shoot for the shoot for the moon because you know you're going to land in the stars. So if you shoot for the the nearest little hill that you see in front of you, you're going to land right in the dirt. You know, so you you got to go up and you got to show up. You got to just like that little cartoon with the girl with the red hair. You just got to be brave. Just take the sword and run full tilt into it. Just go for it. And mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. where you'll see a lot of people make the courageous decision to do something and then the business fails because they're mm-hmm. not brave mm-hmm. about it. You know, mm-hmm, so I, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that's something that I really think, you know, people need to just, you know, and people don't listen to when people say, well, who do you think you are? You're like, I know exactly who I think I am. Like Trina said, when she stood up in front of a hundred people and said, I'm going to do this thing. You know, I don't know how, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what's going to entail, but this is the thing I'm going to be, you know, and, and you just do it. Wow. That's wow. 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 Courage wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You went there. Yeah. You got to be yeah. brave. You got to, you got to, you know, it's like they say, you know, go big or go home. That's, That's right. right. Winner go yeah. home. Winner and go it, home. And it's, it's your big. It's your big. I mean, you should, you know, you should always. I just did something, and that I, I'm really. It, it should scare you, because <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And you know, you got to put some skin in the game, as my new mentor says. You got to put some skin in the game. If there's no loss to you, if there's no, if there's no pain to you about whether this thing works or not, then you're not being brave. You're just fooling mm. around. It's a hobby. It's a hobby. You know. All right you know, now. Yeah, Trina. Trina's out there. You, you've got people like me people that are counting on you, people that are, are listening to you. It's funny because I, I was talking to another person this weekend, um, somebody you recommended to me, and uh, mm-hmm. she said, though, how did you do this? I said, well, Trina told me to call you, so I called you because I always do what Trina says. <laughs> I've learned I've learned to become coachable, and Trina said, call you. <laughs> and she just laughed. I was like, on the phone, call, yep, call her, book the thing, yep, here I am, what are you going to do, let's go, because Trina said you're the one. And you, know, when you get to that point where you know you're you're brave and you're courageous, but you're not stupid. <laughs> you know yeah. you know you got to have some people that can lead you to that next thing. You know and and trust your gut. Trust your gut. Like Trina, Trina, I trust. I trust that Trina mm-hmm. is going to lead me to somebody that's not you know, you know something that she's going to get something out of it if she sends me to these people. She knows these people oh, are yeah. good, so I trust that she's going to send me to somebody that's going to. Help me, and she's going to tell me if this is somebody that I need or do not need. You got to get to that own point, you know. You know, once Trina leads me there, I can make the decision like I need this, or I don't need this, or I'll need this later. But you know, you you got to have you got to have some teammates in there because it is very scary being out there alone, and you have to know you know who it is that you can listen to and who it is that you're just not going to listen to. Can we talk about that for a minute? Because I think that's sure. one of the things that we as women, um, particularly women of color, we get, mm-hmm. we are, you know, you know, told to be independent, you don't need anyone. And there's a lot of crap out there about women and women's relationships that I have just not found to be true. And, I, you know, I think um, it depends on who, you know, who you hang with, right? And you find the right oh, time yeah. and you, you know, and it is about mutual trust. This group of ladies who are on the show right now, we have each other's back. 
as Angela yep. was saying earlier, we all dovetail off of each other. If there's a crisis, if there's some some issue, if somebody needs some brainstorming, and it's not just us, there's some other folks out. We are all part of um, this amazing group that Angeline started 10 years ago called Solace for Sisters. Mm-hmm. So this is a kind of a spinoff. Uh, and it's really about being there for one another and supporting one another, not just with career, but with life. You know, we have had uh, we've had some families, life miscarriages, mm-hmm. divorces, marriages, breakups. We got to move. I'm moving out of town. Let's have a layoffs. Everything. You know? Yeah, and and it's that trust, and because you can't go it alone. No. What's the cute say? It's hard out here in these streets. That's right. No, you said it's not safe out there in the street. I say the struggle is real. The struggle is real. The struggle, struggle is, real. is real. The struggle is real. And I think that that whole strong black woman thing and that it, it's a it's a survival tactic. It's a, it's a thing that we've had to do, and then now it becomes a, a thing that you want to say you're proud of. But this is a thing that we've had mm-hmm. to do in the past, you know, maybe to get to get to get along and survive but you know when it comes to when you even in that even in that movie that you're talking about he didn't say give me free he said give us free yeah give us free. they were all going together they were going together they were going to jump off that mother you know they were either going to get it <laughs> or they were going to all go down so it was you know ride or die together and i think you know that's one thing that you you've got to get your team with you you can't do this alone i mean there were times when you know you all know when i was making this decision that i was going to go out on retirement i was going to turn down a principal position i was going to turn down everything that i'd worked for for 30 years that i was going to go do this crazy film thing you know you all had my back and you were like we're not going to let you fall down i was like i'm going to be Broken in the streets, and what am I thinking? <laughs> no, you're not. You're gonna be broken in the street. I'm like, really? Yeah, I'm gonna, that, was, that was my I mean, word. Right? I'm gonna be broken in the street. We, you know, all just, of us have at know. least a couch. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not gonna get to that. Well, that not gonna happen. <laughs> and you don't know how powerful it is to know that even though you know I, I really wouldn't sleep on your couch for like two months. I know, but if I had to sleep on your couch, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But the cat, you know, yeah, you come with you, not to my crib. I'm allergic. I got you, but not <laughs> <laughs> you, you need that belief that you need that belief that if it really did come down yeah. to that, you know. <laughs> what you're saying? We're focusing on the cat now. Come on, come back, ladies. We're talking about the cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I can say, you know, as I sit here and I talk to you and we talk about free and I think about the images and words that I choose to surround myself with I can't help mm. but look up and see I am not free while any woman is unfree even when her shackles mm-hmm. are very different than my own and that's the mm-hmm. Audrey Lord and mm-hmm. I think and in, in, in so in terms of black womanhood we embody that so much, and you're right, Sabrina, I think some of it is just who we are, but some of it is what we've had to do to survive. Right. But because we were able to build upon a culture that we don't remember and use those skills and embody it in a hostile world, 
that survival and that view of a kind of single womanhood of humanity has also become mm. a burden because people expect that labor from exactly. us. Because they see it, they covet it, they they want to benefit from it. But let's re- let's be real, they could never have it, right? Like it's right, not up right. for grabs, it's not up for debate and it's not something that can be taught. Right. Because that's just who we are. Um, so it's coming I, down I in the DNA. Was... Right. Like, I mean, you know, our Native American brothers and sisters says it takes seven generations to heal one act of trauma, right? Mm, so think Lord about the Jesus. generations and generations of survival mechanisms that people covet that we have developed. You know, this kind of global black womanhood humanity that people covet. So, I mean, I really do think we're magic, but we're also real. And, you know, that to me is part of the beauty of black womanhood and black sisterhood. Because it is something different. And there's nothing wrong with that. I actually think that it's something that we, we ought to embrace more, right? And I think you're absolutely right, Trina. I think that the forces that covet what we have choose to find ways to put forward divisive ideas and divisive Mm -hmm. notions and divisive visions of us that try to convince us that we are not what we really are, which is one broad divine sisterhood, right? Like that's who we are. That's so anyway, I'm, I'm gonna go. Yeah. No. No. This is no. This is awesome because you well, you're helping us pivot to our last area that we wanted to talk about that Andrew's gonna lead us through, which is really about freedom in our current political reality in this nation. So, Ange. So, I've I've been thinking about this, and and I know Q has been thinking about it also, and I think all of us to some degree are still mm-hmm. in a state of shock. I guess mm-hmm. we're still we're still in this suffering from this trauma that we experienced um in 20 so 2016 now. Mm-hmm. Um November 8th, 2016. I, uh, a day that will go this, down in infamy. In, in, in mm-hmm. infamy, right? Um and and I and I say that because every day we're being traumatized, mm-hmm. every day. And for those of us, all of us here on, on this phone and people listening in, um, we are, because we're political beings also, I mean, we're, you know, we're women of color and we, we're doing our own thing, but it's hard to do your own thing and not, also be aware of what's going on around us. When we Absolutely. think about what recently happened with kids being separated from their parents because their parents are choosing a trying to choose a better way of life for their family and we see how these people are taking babies and little kids from their, you know, parents, it just evokes all of these other things, right, that have happened in history. Um, I was talking to Sabrina, this is probably several weeks ago when I was in town, and um, she mentioned 
you know, talking to, to someone and people saying that this is not who we are, this this mm. nation this is not who we are, and mm. you know, she just reminded them and, and me that no, this is who we are, right? This is what we've done. Yes. This is historically, this is what we've done. We have, you know, interned Japanese people. We have killed Native Americans. We have destroyed the land. We have, we've yeah. done all of this. So this is I don't know really why you, who we are. Yeah, y'all are reading, and, the, you're reading the press release, but this is, this is the facts. This is, this yeah, is, this is what we do. This is what this country has century, done. And we're living through this. Um, and so in, in thinking about freedom, you know, it is really hard to think, and Q just mentioned this, think that you have brothers and sisters in shackles, in cages, and because because of that, we can't really be free. Like, we can't go through our day and not think about or do something or be at a march or, you know, send some money somewhere or do something because of the fact that we're not fully independent in a way that allows for everyone to be independent. Like we're independent mm-hmm. in terms of our thought processes and the way we are moving in our in our lives. And we've come mm-hmm. to a place, you know, we're all of a certain age, we've come to a place where, okay, we can make decisions and be independent. But there's so many people who, who can't, who are just trying to just survive. And mm-hmm. in this political climate that we're in and with this rogue um I don't even know what to call it. This rogue administration and and co-signing with everything that it, that this one person does. It's just it is it's disheartening to think that that's Evil. where we are. But yeah. it just I mean, when did you ever me think to do more? When did you ever think in your in your life of of living in this country that you would ever see our ally in London have a massive demonstration against our president? I mean, yeah, I just couldn't even believe the, it. I was the glad they was did like, it. I was, I was all happy with it. Oh yeah. But have you? I mean, that just was mind-boggling. It's embarrassing. That our closest ally. It is. It is embarrassing. It is. It's like we're, we're out here by ourselves. This man is cutting us off from everybody. Yeah, and and it's it's the dealings of you know, we got a, a situation now where we're dealing mm-hmm. with uh, outside force that is pushing our government. And it and it's scary um, to think that we are not an independent nation, you know, to no. think that if we look deep down and, and, and as we uncover more and more things each day, each week, each month, hopefully not too many more years, that, you know, we already knew that there was like this thing swirling around us that is, is not real. But this just is... It it just reeks of it's insidious. It reeks of something that is not democratic and is not you know people always talk about oh what the founding fathers believed in yeah to a certain degree but some of the founding fathers we know had slaves so we can't really go by everything that they believed in but I don't believe that they thought of this I I just right. I just can't imagine because of the fact that they were trying to gain their independence from another nation. Um, so those are so my thoughts. I, I would like to, you know, let yeah. everyone else just chime in. Q, I know you have a, a lot to say yeah. about this can I, and a quote. Can so I I'm do a, heard it, can I heard do it a, over to you. Can I do a quick um, yeah, redirect? Oh, yes, yeah, please. 
see if see if we can actually. So you have defined the environment very clearly, and we all, you know, the people who are listening to this show, you know, I mean, we know that not everybody in this country agrees, but there are some of us who, who are, you know, more more rational and and more more compassionate and really get the damage that's being done. So the question is, how in this environment do we reclaim our humanity? How do we reclaim personally and collectively our freedom and 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 not let this moment in history tow us under? And I know Q has got some answers. Mm-hmm. When, the, when the world is hostile and toxic, it's time to make some sandwiches. Like really When the world is hostile And toxic It's time to make some sandwiches And Mm. to me sandwiches are a metaphor For a broader way to survive These times Which is you have to get local As Mm. As psychologically Traumatizing and jarring It is to see white supremacy On steroids unleashed freely In the White House We can survive this. We will survive this. And what we have to do is recognize that on a kind of macro level, we'll do what we have to do to fight out and fight against the injustice that's trickling down. We have to remember that we have one job, and that is we have to protect our community. We have Mm. to remember that which we have control over and that which we do not. And what we can do we can sign up and go work the polls to make sure that we protect the franchise in our community. We get local. We ensure the integrity of the vote. We know that as this administration devises a multitude of ways to destroy and dismantle the social safety net and bring about the destruction of what it is they call their administrative state, We get local and do the work in our community, and we get local and vote people into power on a local level that will ensure those funds, which are not subject to federal oversight, are directed towards taking care of our community. Right? Like, we have to keep in mind that what is going on right now did not happen overnight. This was an intentional, systematic plan that has gone into place in development since the arrival of Goldwater on a national scene. Mm -hmm. This is not a 10-year project. This is not a 20-year project. Donald, that thing, I'm sorry, I refuse to name him. I don't name the devil. (laughs) That thing (laughs) was a creation developed by a system that wants a public that's distracted and frustrated and just allowed to let things happen passively. So Mm. when we think about the fact that these idiots that inhabit Congress, they came up through local government with people not paying attention and developing name recognition in the local donor base that put them in place to create hearings that talk about nothing. Right? So we have to do that. Look at what happened in the Bronx. Exactly. Look at what that woman did to take down Crowley. She got local. She had one commercial which she distributed online that reached out into her community. She did the work and went door to door so that people knew her and her voice. She had 
less than 10% of the amount of funds that he did. But she had a vision. She understood community organizing, and because she got local, she knew the needs of her community and knew how to fight back. And she said, where the South Bronx, a part of New York City that they still haven't redeveloped since it burned, right? Mm. The one place Bernie Sanders went in New York, right? Like he went to the South Bronx. She knew what she was doing. So I would say don't despair. I know it's hard not to despair, but you know what? This country's been around for a few centuries. African people and people of African descent have been around for millennia. And given all of the ways we have been abused and exploited, beaten, shackled, and raped, guess what? We still move through the world with dignity and grace. We make something out of nothing, and we take care of each other and protect our communities, right? Like they say when black America has pneumonia, the United States has a cold. We've been suffering with pneumonia for centuries in this country, and you know what? Now they're seeing the, the kind of insanity of the operation of their systems unleashed on everyone, so now they're scared. But mm-hmm. this is nothing new for us. But you know this what, This is nothing uh, new for you, us. This goes right yeah. back to what you said at the beginning. You have to know what you can control and what you can't. Yeah. And yeah. so local we can control. National, mm-hmm. all we can do is say like, don't like, smiley face. You know, people right. are just sitting there reacting and liking something and sharing it. I mean, that's so passive, and it's not going to get anything done. That we can't yeah. control, but you can control the local, and that's what, that's where you're right. – it's just like yep. what she said. It's, yep. Right. That right. And not you know, yeah. like, like Victor Frankl said, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. I can't fix the whole country. That doesn't mean I'm not trying. It doesn't mean I'm not doing the work. It doesn't mean that I'm not about to be Mm -hmm. unleashed on those people who hurt children. But at the same time, I can make sure that that brother in the corner who has been kicked out of the shelter because their funding has been cut, I can make sure that he could at least have a sandwich tonight. And yeah. they can't yeah. take that away from me because that is what's under my control. Yeah, absolutely. And and the other thing that was a kind of a subtext to what you said, Q, is run for office. One of the things that has, has been so powerful is watching all of these women come out, not just in the Bronx. You think about Stacey Abrams in um, Georgia. Right. Um, you know, mm-hmm. historically, the first black woman candidate for governor in Georgia, and they didn't see her coming. All, Not very, at all. You know, so you can be very passionate. We had one of our sisters run for office this past election as well for school board in um, Baltimore. Um, mm-hmm. That is another way is to actually – change the power structure from within and put yourself out there as a person with new ideas and passion and and a value system that works for the community and for the country. 
So, right. so yeah. Angeline, your husband right. is in, in Milford. That's right. In little old Milford, Delaware, we have the first black mayor, and I, I attributed that much of it to my husband talking to everyone he could about registering mm-hmm. and voting and um, how yep. important it is. You know, how I important bet they didn't see that coming. <laughs> they didn't see it coming. Hey, maybe. Um, so yeah. Maybe I'll run for office one day. I had somebody uh, ask I wouldn't me that doubt one day. I would not doubt it. I've had several people ask me to run for office, and I'm like, no, I'd rather run your campaign. Um, <laughs> you never know. Never say never, because you got never, what you say never. Well, thank you for giving yeah. us that um, that bit of of hope, Q. I I kind of vaguely um, heard. Uh, former President Obama talk about that too. Like, don't give up. Just don't despair. Yep. Um, don't despair. And, and it's hard. It, it is really hard to do with, with a 24-hour news cycle. And every every hour there is something. Every five minutes there's something. So, thank you for um, for giving yeah. us that because we we do we we have the power to do a lot. Um, I think that mm-hmm. sometimes we just throw our hands up in the air like, oh, this is just this is just incredible. So. Um, with that, I'm going to give everybody, uh, I think, Trina, you want to give folks the opportunity for closing thoughts, and then I will close us out with our theme for next month. All right. Well, I'll go. I, this has been so powerful, ladies. i just really glad that we created this space because I think that a lot of times people forget personal choice, and that's been the undercurrent to every single thing we've talked about tonight. You have the power within yourself to change your entire trajectory, to be a change agent for your community, to become a congressman, a congresswoman, the president of the United States, the head of the NAACP, to start your own nonprofit, Angelin, anything is possible, but you have to choose, and you have to face the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. And Q. Yes. I've been kicking around, and, and the first the first iteration I thought of it was called Democracy in a Blue Bag, and that was a series of happenings that occurred when I was a poll worker because, like I said, I can do more than just show up and vote. I can protect the franchise for my sisters and brothers. But mm-hmm. I want you to think about this title to a piece I'm writing, and it's called mm. Pro... It's called Protest, Politics, and Policy, the three Ps of Washington, D.C., right? Because of that, you know, that is what D.C. is. D.C. is a company town, and the company is government, and we impact the government through protests, which turns into politics. For example, John Lewis, who then in turn writes policy in the form of legislation. Um, And so even though I call that the three Ps of Washington, D.C., use that as your guide on how to survive these very complicated, toxic times. Protest for catharsis. Stand in communion with others and recognize you're not the only person who feels that way. But then engage in the political process. Whether it's the act of voting, whether it's the act of showing up at hearings and testifying, whether it's finally deciding to understand the budget and appropriation process in your community to understand what programs are funded and what are not. And then engage in the act of developing policy. 
you know, most policy in terms of legislation is not actually written by legislative staff. That language is given to them by subject matter experts who then incorporate it before it's checked out for legal sufficiency. So even as a layperson, you can feed the ideas to the people in your local community to develop policies that will combat the dismantling of the social safety net we see occurring on the federal level. So just remember the three P's of Washington, D.C., protest, politics and policy. All right. And well, now, well, thank you. <laughs> my last word is we got time for my last word? Yes. Mm-hmm. I say but what someone said earlier in the show is that take seven generations for us to heal trauma. I say be the eighth generation. Choose Ooh. to be free Ooh. and break the cycle. We are the eighth oh. generation. No, oh, that's how that. we're gonna roll. The eighth generation. Mm. Break the cycle. Break the cycle. Break the cycle. Very groovy. Very very, very cool. Um, well, I with that, I, I have nothing else. <laughs> I got nothing. But I do have the information for our show next month. We are, uh, our show is Thursday, August 16th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Our show will be Free Your Mind, Coping with Challenges and Connecting to Self. We will have as our guest, licensed psychologist, Ifeteo Ojolare, and she is the executive director of a healing paradigm in Atlanta, Georgia, and she's she's pretty excellent. So Thursday, August sixteenth, for your mind, coping with challenges and connecting to self. And we will talk with you then. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.